1: I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking with Jessica Denise Dixon, a life empowerment coach who teaches and coaches for the reclamation of our full humanity, equity, justice, and freedom Through the Intersections of the Enneagram, Anti-Racism, and Embodiment. She does this one-on-one coaching in groups, in workshops, and with organizations. And she has an amazing podcast that I cannot wait for her to tell you all about as well. Jessica, welcome to the show. Uh,
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And it was then, you know, I don't, people don't always read like my bio live. So there was something special about that. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a whole second half here of like... we Jessica has got a master's degree in counseling, a bachelor's degree in psychology, a career counseling certificate, embodiment training from several teachers. She also has 15 years of experience in diversity education, 10 years as an Enneagram student and teacher, years recruiting, training, and providing professional development for staff, and a commitment to her own personal and professional growth. I'm like doing fist pumps in the air. <laughs> My...
0: This is good. Your CV is good. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I realize Mm -hmm. I'm not naturally good at talking about myself. There's part of me, and I don't know if it's like my type eight structure that's like, you should know that I'm awesome. Why do I need to tell you? (laughs) But as an entrepreneur, I recognize, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you got to tell people. So Mm -hmm. that's what I was like. It's good. It's inspiring. Well, then I, yeah. I've i done so much that I've forgotten about so much. And I'm like, no, this is why you have so much skill.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Like, like you are qualified.
0: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: hmm
0: Right. <laughs> so
1: tell us your Enneagram journey. How did you find it? How did you yeah. fall in love with it? Are you in love with
0: it? Well, I <laughs> – Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, I found the Enneagram in 2013, so 10 years ago. Mm. I had just gotten promoted and I was responsible for professional development for my staff members. And I was like, all right, I want to give them a training that's really going to matter. Like, you know, we've done (laughs) strengths and we've done the Myers-Briggs and those things are okay. But like maybe there's something else. There has to be something else. Mm -hmm. And I did a Google search and something that I wrote in the Google search brought me to a PDF about the Enneagram. And so it was just a PDF with descriptions of the type. And what I loved about it was that it did not blow smoke up your ass. It didn't. (laughs) You know, it was just like, oh, this is real. It's what's great Mm -hmm. about you, but also like where you're, you know, Shit smell. I don't know if I can. I didn't ask it. That's what I should. (laughs) You can say shit smells. Yeah. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved that because I just always, for me, like the authenticity of it. It just expands. Mm -hmm. It's telling me that I'm, I'm as an ENFJ, I may do this in relationships has value, but it's it becomes limited.
1: Mm-hmm. And the value
0: of the Enneagram became that once I understand this thing about me, I can use it for good. I can, if it's something that's not benefiting me or my relationships, I can transform it. And I have a lot more consciousness around it. Um, and I've just, I did, fell, I fell in love with Enneagram and I still do love it. I still do. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I love that you brought up strength finders, too, because we just did – I just did an episode, the one before this one, about, like, r- comparing my strength finders results to my Enneagram type, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm so curious about, like, what about the Enneagram made you feel like, oh, this is – I mean, I hear you saying, like, it didn't blow smoke up your ass. Like, I hear that, like,
0: yeah,
1: we're being honest. Is there anything else about it that you prefer over something like strength finders or
0: – Yeah, I think that strength – all those other th- – tests and assessments that they really can help you. They can help tell you things about yourself, Mm -hmm. but the Enneagram is about what you discover within. And Mm. to me, that, that is the process that I am most interested in. You know, someone Mm -hmm. can tell me something about myself all day and sure. That's nice. But when I look within myself and I uncover it, to me, yeah. that's where like the beauty and the juice of the Enneagram live. This is why I think people typing other people, it just gets under my skin because the process mm-hmm. is not just about someone else telling you something about yourself. It's about what do I see? How does this show up within me? And that's why I think, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes social media, social media Enneagram culture is hard because a lot of posts focus on behavior. And mm-hmm. Enneagram is, its it, I mean, we get to be accountable for how we've behaved, but the Enneagram is pointing mm-hmm. us to what were we motivated by and what was our reactivity. So underneath the behavior, what were the things that were mm-hmm. driving us? Were we conscious of them or not? And that's where the real transformative work becomes um, yes. really, really vital. So. Mm-hmm. Did I even answer your question? I don't even remember. What was the question?
1: <laughs> I loved your question. I loved your answer. I also like what I see in your work is you like do this amazing thing where you kind of overlap, you know, this Enneagram with embodiment, with anti-racism work. Yeah. And you're like joining them all together and they're creating this like you have like this beautiful flow with them. What, what about those things? I mean, like how did you kind of pull these things together?
0: Um, I would like to say that it was a divine download. You know, I did not intend. Mm -hmm. I always knew that diversity work would be a part of my Enneagram work because when I started leading Enneagram work, I was doing it with diverse peoples. And so Mm -hmm. the conversation around culture, around gender, around race, around all of those things was already such a part of my work. So when I came into the, quote, larger Enneagram community, I was, and people weren't talking about it, or when I mentioned it, people would scoff at it. I was really shocked because mm. I'm mm-hmm. like, you talk about having a body triad, but you're literally ignoring your embodied reality. So how does that work? Mm. Like to, to help me, help me understand how you could have, um have a concept of that you have a body and then ignore the body to do the work. Like you're ignoring parts of yourself. And so I was really confused about that for a bit. (laughs) And then um, when George Floyd was murdered, because my my business is relatively new. I really started it right at the beginning of the pandemic um, before I was working in higher education. And when George Floyd was murdered, it was just, God was like, this is, this is your time, boo. You have all this experience, you know, and th- this is what people really need. So I started, you, you know, mm. how do we use the, the Enneagram to dismantle our bias? Because one of the most mm. important things about anti-racism that sometimes white people step over is that who you are in this process actually matters. So this mm. is why we get perform what's called like performative actions because people think that it's really just about the action that I take. It's about if I do this and I do that and I do this, and it's actually about more than that. The action that you take does matter, but if you're not actually doing the the inner work to dismantle what's stopping you from taking action, um, these harmful, oppressive things that we've internalized, then you're not going to get very far, and so mm. it was during that the first program that I ran called "Disrupt the Narrative" that I realized that there was so much disembodiment um, within my clients, um, and they would get reactive about really surprising things to me, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, we need more of this. We need to have mm-hmm. having more conversations." And really, what people who are doing anti-racism need is the ability to, how do you come back to yourself? How do you soothe your nervous system? How do you create a distinction between being unsafe and uncomfortable? Because if, you know, being being socialized into whiteness, part of one of the aspects of whiteness is an aversion to discomfort and conflict, Mm -hmm. a right to comfort. And so Mm -hmm. nervous system, those discomfort becomes synonymous with unsafe, and yeah. if you're, if you are being, your nervous system is being tripped up every time someone brings up something that's uncomfortable, um, we're going to have a hard time actually moving forward.
1: Oh my gosh. Just that, that statement, the right to comfort and that feeling of discomfort, feeling unsafe. Yeah. That's so important. That's so important.
0: Yeah. It's like you're not, you can, if you look behind you and you're not being chased by a tiger, if you're safe at home, you know, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're warm, you have heat, you have food. And the thing that's uncomfortable is someone bringing up a race relation. You're not unsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so part of what yeah. I love about the Enneagram is that it gives language for things for our, an experience that we live. I love Mm -hmm. that about the Enneagram and giving ourselves language for that helps us be able to see, okay, what are, how do I know when I'm really, truly unsafe? You know, Mm -hmm. that's potential loss of health, potential loss of life. Those are the Mm -hmm. things that may, and there's things that make me psychologically unsafe and emotionally unsafe and all of that. Right. But those are very specific things And things that just Mm -hmm. make me uncomfortable. If I'm over here thinking I'm unsafe, anytime I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to fight. I'm going to run away. You know, and Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of things that I'm going to do to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And then we get to come to the question of like, do I really need to be protected in this moment? Mm -hmm. No, I actually am safe. I'm just uncomfortable, so I don't need to be protected. What I need to do is regulate my nervous system. So that I can stay in the conversation. Now, another aspect of the nervous system that's our nervous system is patterned by a few things, our trauma, our own trauma, our ancestral trauma, um, collective trauma, vicarious trauma, um, and our Enneagram type. So Mm -hmm. when we think of our Enneagram type, it is part of our ego structure that gives us an idea and an ideal of what success is for ourselves. That's a great thing, right? So it means like our our core fears are things that we want to avoid, our core desires are things that we're trying to move toward. Now, when we have an existential threat or we're moving too close to the thing that we fear, we have the reactivity of our type through the passion, through the fixation, through the defense mechanism. And all of that yeah. ends up patterning our nervous system and gives us our patterns of behavior within our type. So if I'm not regulated, I can see something really, really small as a betrayal. When I'm regulated, <laughs> when I'm like, oh, okay, that person just called me back two minutes later than they said they would. If I'm not regulated, oh my God, I think like you calling me two minutes after you said you would is like the end of the world and you've betrayed me and you deserve to die.
1: Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Things
0: can get just really, really You deserve really, to die, really, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> really, really fast. And so if we're not looking at that, We're not going to look to see and and be able to see that, you know, the the things that our reactivity of our type is going to stop us from actually moving toward equity and justice and freedom because Mm. changing the status quo may make us feel like we're not safe. And Mm -hmm. when we're not safe, what do we do? We react. Mm. And so it's all connected. It's all connected.
1: Which... I'm curious because one of the things that you talked about recently um, is kind of the difference between individualism and individuation. Mm, yes, can we talk about that a little bit? Because the the connection word kind of
0: yeah. Took let's me talk there. about. It. I th- I think it's such an important thing because um one time I was saying something about individualism and some white dude you know Joshmo I don't know his name he was like well isn't that what minorities want don't they want to be seen as like their own people oh so and To answer his question, like, yes, and so people who have been marginalized, people who have been historically oppressed, do want to be seen as who they are. Mm -hmm. I want to be seen as Jessica Denise Dixon, not just black woman stereotype. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that is true. And that's not the same as individualism individualism is an aspect of whiteness of white supremacy culture that says basically you're in it alone, that you're responsible for everything alone, that no one's coming for you. It really kind of dismisses the idea of community or, or anything that's collective or solidarity. It just says mm-hmm. I'm in it alone. Got to make sure everything's taken care of. You know, it that's part of part of individualism is what leads to saviorism because it's, it's mm-hmm. the idea that I have to act. Not the idea that I have to go and be in community so that we can take action to create some, a new future. It's like I have to act. In it. And if people aren't you know, taking care of that, that reactivity within mm-hmm. them, they're going to hop into saviorism, which actually doesn't help anyone. And mm-hmm. so individualism is, it separates us. It's, and it's dishonest because in reality, we are interconnected. In reality, no person is solely on their own. But individualism says, "Uh, yes, you are. And you better not forget it. promotes it, mm. this lone wolf. You know, I'm solely responsible, so I have to do everything. You know, the weight of everything is on me, which is going to, uh, again, cost people to fight or to mm-hmm. run away because why wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm overwhelmed and we, that's when we start to look and see, like, what are my types patterns, right? That helps us because some yeah. types are going to run away and some types are going to be like. All right, I'm going to step in and fight in the way that I know how. But Mm -hmm. individuation is a process where we actually understand that we are part of a collective. And so when we're Mm -hmm. individuating, the process is finding who I am as me, knowing that I am connected to you, knowing knowing that I am connected Mm -hmm. to my family, knowing that I am connected to a larger part of society, right? Right. And so mm-hmm. when we're individuating, this is a, I get to have my own personality, be my own person, have my own sense of autonomy and style and my own sovereignty, understanding that the inherent aspect of, of indiv- individuation is that I know that I'm part of something else. I know mm-hmm. I'm part of something more than just myself.
1: Dang. I, I'm curious, like if you've seen, cause I, I think about like, white american culture and how individual we are are even like with family like how like i'm not as connected to my family as like a lot of people that i know who are from different cultures yeah and how like that sense of belonging to people i think is almost lost in our culture we lose a lot from not having that and, and we have so much to learn yeah about belonging from other cultures um do you feel like that, like, plays a part in, like, if we would just, like, stop and, like, listen <laughs> about how to belong to one another? Yeah. We'd probably have, like, healthier family systems. And
0: Yeah. Well, part of – yes. And part of that is that whiteness is, you know, combined – combines with patriarchy, which has a hierarchy to it. Hmm. <laughs> and – us belonging to each other, how can we if we're in a fight to be at the top? Mm.
1: And so I wrote down, because you also talk about capitalism mm-hmm. and whiteness. And I'm like literally like vibrating in my seat right now. <laughs> <laughs> because like what you're like, that is so true, right? Like the like what you're saying is so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so we we can't we can't have that level of closeness if we know we have to scrap. And if I'm going to get to the top, that means I might have to step on you. And it's good for me to not be as related to you, if that's true. Hmm. I mean, it's it's sad. It's hard. When I think about that, it breaks my heart Mm -hmm. because I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. Power over is not the only kind of power. It's one kind of power. And what if we all were able to have our own power and be related to one another in that way? And how mm. could that change? How could we, you know, be able to pursue the passions of our heart and our purpose, knowing that I'm not just doing it for me. I'm also doing it for you. I'm also doing it for you know the the other people that we're in relationship with. Mm. You know, it's just it's it It breaks my heart when I think about the ways that individualism has separated us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I'm like, there is so much more.
1: Yeah. Do you see that sense of like power over or hierarchy in activism as well? Like. In like people who are attempting anti-racism work, kind of taking that stance of like, well, I'm doing it the right way, or here's what you need to know, or here's I'm winning at it. Um.
0: <laughs> I think that I think that part of part of what happens. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go around the way for this one. So Perfect. when we're socialized into a culture, and you know, in the United States in 2023, at the time of this recording. We are socialized in big ways into whiteness and into patriarchy and into capitalism, right? Those Mm -hmm. are the things that we're socialized into. Now, socialization is the process of internalizing um, the norms, um, the values, the behaviors, the rules and roles of a place. Ultimately, we internalize the culture of a place. Mm. Now, if we're not actively doing the, the work of dismantling... These things from our nervous system, because our socialization, it le- so we're socialized from before we're born, really, um, because we come into a culture to around six or seven. Now, around that time in our development, there are really massive shifts in our brain. And, you know, you if you have kids or been around kids, you know there's a difference between a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, because they can think mm-hmm. about things with, with more nuance. They think about things much more different. And part of what we have to understand is when our socialization lands at a pre-verbal level, we have to give language to it and shed the light on it so that we can see it. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't shed the light on it and we don't do um, the work of actively dismantling it from our sense of self, then it's going to be a temptation to replicate whiteness and patriarchy and capitalism, even within social justice or anti-racist spaces. Hmm. So I hear you
1: saying like stepping back and like getting in tune with our nervous system as a response to like how to like kind of what you're saying earlier, like not reacting and allowing yourself to Essentially, like kind of choose a different path. Am I hearing that correctly?
0: Yeah. And choosing a different path is like letting our nervous system catch up with us and not going before our nervous system can go, which often means really slowing down Um, Mm. because our brains, yeah, you know, I work with several type fives and I love them. And they have these fast brains that are always making sense of this and this and this. And then they can put this together with this other thing. And it's amazing And one of the things that I tell them that's really, really important is your mind is beautiful and it's so fast, Mm -hmm. but embodiment is so slow. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't actually mean that you get to just escape your body and stay in your mind. Mm -hmm. That means you got to slow down so that the body can actually be with you and you're not doing disembodied Enneagram work, anti-racism work, because it's, it, it's easy to do both. It's easy to intellectualize. You know, part of mm-hmm. when I first got into Enneagram, I was in all these online communities and Facebook groups. And so many people just philosophize and intellectualized all the time. And I'm like, all right, so how are you applying this to your life? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. Why do I care about it? And frankly, why do you care about it if it's not changing your life? What is yeah. the point of any of it? And so mm. the slowing down the the getting in in the body to be able to see like, okay, so my socialization into whiteness means that I might have a proclivity toward what are the things that I like. There, there's things that we all like like about it, right? Like I mm-hmm. was a perfectionist for a long time. And I divested from that in like 2018, which was a very hard process, like a very, very challenging process where I made mistakes that could have lost me my job, frankly. Mm. Um, I love you for saying that. Yeah, it was a rough time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that it's easy, but I'm saying who I have become, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for her. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be, be happier for who I've become. But I needed Mm. to look and see okay, my nervous system actually believes that I'm safest if I cling to perfectionism. Mm. My nervous system is is telling me right now that I'm safest if I, as an Enneagram 8, am the strongest one, I'm the most competent, I'm the most capable. Mm. And anything that challenges any of those things gets thrown away, gets fought against, gets tossed. But the reality is that um, as we start to dismantle those things, I can still be strong when I'm crying. Mm -hmm. It's powerful to to be a strong person and to be able to show vulnerability. Like Mm -hmm. that's part of my power, whereas before I didn't see it as such. I saw one kind of power, which was that power over that I have to be dominant. I have to be the, you know, the one who's on top. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some of that's my type. Some of that is my socialization. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing the work of seeing, okay, what are the beliefs that come with that? And how have Mm -hmm. I lived those beliefs? And when I challenge those things, just simply understanding and having a kind of a game plan for my nervous mm-hmm. system, when I challenge this, my nervous system is gonna whoo, it's gonna be triggered. Yeah. So if I know that this is true, how can I be gentle with myself? Cause my I don't mm. I would say that I don't have a strong inner critic, but when I've done something really vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable, oh, my inner critic <laughs> has a ton of unkind names to call me. A ton Mm. of unkind things to say about what I did or should have done or didn't do and how much of an absolute idiot I am Mm. because I I didn't do things the way that I should have. And so understanding that our nervous system work is part of our work. It helps us actually Mm -hmm. be gentle with ourselves. And when those thoughts come up, that say, I, Jessica, you're an idiot. Like, how could you? How could you? Why did you do that? I can be yeah. like, oh, you know what? I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that I was afraid. My nervous system was doing its thing to try to make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. And I can just hold my – I like to think of the nervous system as its own entity that we are related to.
1: I it feels that way when you talk about it. It's almost like you're in conversation with it. Like, what are you telling me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because then then we can slow down enough to be connected to parts, the parts of ourselves that are related to our safety, which are the parts of ourselves <laughs> that are always going to, they're going to be communicating even if we're not conscious of them. So we may as well slow down, right? Like, Our our nervous system's main job is to keep us alive, to make sure that Mm. we're going to be okay, to make sure that we're functioning. So it's always doing its thing in the background. Mm -hmm. So then we get to say, oh, I want to be in relationship with you so that I can then say, oh, no, actually, we're not unsafe right now. Mm. We're actually really okay right now. And thank you so much. You can rest. I'm going to hold you. You know, I'm going to, i let's, let's, let's be gentle, just let's slow down a little bit. Let's take a few breaths, you know, and, and bring some presence to right now because I actually am okay. Mm. And so then we get to offer that to ourselves as this beautiful gift. And that's how we move forward with every part of our healing journey, whether it is anti-racism healing or Enneagram healing. And I don't, it's hard for me to see even doing one without the other at this point, because, you know, who, who we are, our personality is always going to be a part of how we do our work. And when we're thinking about liberation, moving into a new future of imagination, I, we need all of, all of us, you know, we need the dreamers. We need ones who can bring that. Okay we're close, but we're not here. And here's, here's the thing that doesn't work. We need fours to be like, here's what's maybe missing. We need the sevens to be like, Oh my God, here's this fun thing that we haven't thought about. Let's make sure that we include this because this is going to make the journey that much better. Hmm. We need each one of our types is going to help us in a collective Um, journey of liberation, I say, I say liberation is a path that we get to step on. And then as we're on it, the next step shows and then the next step shows and then the next step shows. Mm. But it's not like something that has an end. It's Mm. not like, you know, I I see this with a lot of people who do anti-racism work and a lot of people who do Enneagram work, where they think knowing that what their type is, is the same as doing work of their type. And I think if you're know if you listening to this and you're a coach, I need you to really check in with yourself around that because you may be celebrating your clients for being able to articulate something about their type, but they're not actually transforming any parts of themselves or any parts of their type because that's just the first step. Mm. I was thinking today on my walk about how sometimes – white folks think that naming their privilege is like that they should almost like get like a, an award or a pat on the back
1: cookies like ally cookies uh, i'm
0: like i i just saw a post and someone was like naming that they had all the privilege and i'm like naming your privilege is not the same as dismantling privilege and who does, mm. and who does it benefit for you to just name it if you're not actually doing the work to dismantle it mm-hmm. who is the beneficiary me i get all the credit and all the praise and all the love and all the look i'm you know i'm aware okay awareness Mm -hmm. step one let's take it on home buddy like let's (laughs) let's Mm -hmm. move forward with it you know it's just it's very interesting (laughs) yeah
1: I'm curious too like okay so for those at home who are like oh okay that's where so that's where I've been um how do I move into phase 2 can we like yeah let's talk about what phase 2 looks like
0: yeah so you know phase 1 if if we are going to call it that they, you yeah know, is that maybe like, like you not, know, not like the, the right MCU you thing. know different phases <laughs> Um, sorry. I'm a, I'm a little bit of an MCU nerd right now. It's fine. Um, (laughs) But the first, the first part is really like awareness. Mm -hmm. What are the issues in the world? What are, what are the ways that my nervous system has been patterned? That's really like important. What I would consider phase one work. Mm -hmm. Now for some of you, you've had just the understanding what your type is, maybe you know a few anti-racist terms. So I want to encourage you to take on and see how has my nervous system been patterned around these things? What is my nervous system clinging to for its sense of safety around these things? Once we know that, once we understand our socialization, You know, it'll always be something that's unfolding. So it's not like a one-time thing. But as we start to to incorporate that kind of work into our lives, then we start to see, like, how can I be in community and live this work? Because we don't want to just be people who know the right words to say because that ends up just in the – even in the example of, like, the privilege thing, people end up weaponizing – social justice language against other people because I know the language. Don't you see how aware I am? And you should just be happy that I'm aware. Guess what? I'm not. I'm not (laughs) happy that you're just aware. I want you to do something. Mm -hmm. Awareness is literally the bare minimum. And I know that you feel Mm -hmm. like you want a cookie for that. And that has a lot to do with enculturation and socialization into whiteness and patriarchy and all of that stuff. I get it. I do. And I'm not going to buy any cookies for that. Mm-hmm. Cookies are for people who are on the path of liberation, who are on the journey. <laughs> we'll bring snacks because we need them. Bring we, we need them. This journey, <laughs> the journey is lifelong. I know because mm-hmm. I'll never get rid of this beautiful brown glowing skin. Like it's mm. not going anywhere. It'll be with mm-hmm. me until I die. And so for people who are like, oh, things are just too hard, just know that that's your privilege talking and leaving the conversation, choosing to not be a part of it as a flight response. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You're safe. So what happens if you are actually safe, not just uncomfortable, and you choose to stay? Mm. What can be possible is something that you don't even know. You haven't even conceptualized yet. And if you had, you wouldn't be running but mm. that only that conceptualization the deep work of liberation only happens when we're in community with one another where we listen to those who are most oppressed and we can see oh okay if if they aren't getting what they need for freedom then none of us are free mm-hmm. and this is an intentional decision I think white people living in all white neighborhoods somehow think that like people of color are going to fall out of the sky and be friends with them. And I'm (laughs) that's not going to happen. I'm like, I know you you need to, you need to A, be doing your work and Mm -hmm. then be in in intentional community with people who can tell you about yourself if they need to. Mm -hmm. Who can be like, you know what, Sarah Jane, uh, no, Mm -mm. no, baby girl, that was not it. There was a yeah. lot of whiteness in what just happened and <laughs> it, no, we're not doing that today. Not today, Satan. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. need that.
1: And I hear so much love in that, like that, so much community in that conversation of like, be like, when you're in community with people, they can say things like that to you. And if you're owning your nervous system, you can receive it. And then we all just
0: get better. Yeah. You don't have to like fight about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I think that like liberation mm-hmm. anti-racism is such a loving journey to be on because mm-hmm. what it does is it it actually puts us in front of mm, things that we have lost due to the dehumanization of whiteness. And it presences us to those things that we didn't even know that we lost.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And to me, that's, that's beautiful. That's delicious and it's really hard to do that if you're just kind of in your own head
1: Mm -hmm. well and I think you can't do it on your own head right like I can't I can't point out the water I'm swimming in to myself Jessica I think you're a literal genius yeah I think you're so smart (laughs) (laughs) Um, well I adore you and we'll link everything in the show notes so everybody can get a hold of it Jessica thank you so much for taking the time to come on and educate us
0: yeah oh my gosh thank you for having me do you have any more questions I just want to make sure that like everything that you wanted to talk about is like oh I this was a dream are you kidding me do you have anything lingering for you that
1: you feel like you wish you got
0: to say Hmm, let me check in I think the one thing if I was going to leave with anything You know, sometimes people they'll say, "I really want to do this work, but I'm intimidated," Mm -hmm. and they're not speaking to me necessarily, or they're intimidated by me. But it the work can feel like so much. Mm -hmm. And what I want to share is that you can handle the complexity. Mm -hmm. Black people are living the complexity, which means that if if you know, take that as evidence. Right If black people can live the complexity, surely you can take on the comp- the complexity. And what is needed is that nervous system holding, increasing the capacity within the nervous system to hold complexity. So it's mm-hmm. not uh, impossible. It may feel overwhelming, and that's why we slow down, right? That's why we hold ourselves. That's why we make sure that we're doing the work of with our nervous system that we're making those connections so. For anyone who feels like you want to do it, but you're not sure, just come on on along. Come
1: on along. Thank you. I'm so honored that you're here.
0: Thank you. You're kind. You're going to make me blush. Oh. (laughs)